experience the reality of the gospel and receive light, life, and the joy of the Holy Ghost. As you listen to today's message, Danny Doku, a real blessing to you. Hello, it's Reverend Danny Doku once again, and we are here on Believer's Gazette. Believer's Gazette is a journal for believers, an electronic journal, of course, for believers. If you're a believer, it's good to be on Believer's Gazette. I love Friday nights. We have been talking about very interesting topics over the few months, but this month in October, we are going to start a new series. We are looking into an in-depth expose of the book of Philippians. Philippians was one of the letters that Paul wrote in prison during his latter days of ministry. To the church of philippi to encourage them in the lord so the epistle that is written to the church of philippi is known as the joy epistle or the epistle of encouragement and i know that by the time we finish it we are going to end on a joy note if paul wrote this epistle to encourage the church i know that by the time we finish you will be so much very much encouraged glory to god take your bible take your pen take a notebook and as we go through verse by verse you make notes and also make sure that you take time to study it again very much important or after that you can listen to this particular broadcast once again for yourself one-on-one and make notes and go back again and read through it and you will be so blessed so let's start with the chapter one so tonight we're doing chapter one we have four weeks so we're going to read chapter one chapter two chapter three Take our time, we'll go through it, and you are going to be blessed. So, chapter 1, verse 1, look at how Paul introduced the letter. He said, Paul Tim and Timothy, born servants of Jesus Christ. Paul called himself a born servant, like a slave servant to the Lord Jesus Christ. Born servant, meaning that he's bound in Christ Jesus. In him, we live, move, and have all our being. So, Paul doesn't have anything to do outside of Christ. Everything is inside Christ. That is why he calls himself a born servant. Remember, if you are born again, if you are born again, Jesus said that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There is a yoke on us as believers, but that yoke is easy. And why Christ has yoked that is for us to be able to stay inside him and we will be blessed. So Paul introduced the letter by saying that he and Timothy are born servants of Jesus Christ. Are you a born servant of Jesus Christ? To all the saints in Christ who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, bishops mean overseers. So these were people that oversee certain parts of the ministry in the church, with the deacons and with overseers. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and to the Lord Jesus Christ. Number three. He said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in prayer, in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for the fellowship in the gospel from the first day unto now. He's saying that, he said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Paul remembered these guys in prayer. Why? Anytime Paul prayed for the church of Philippi, he prayed with joy. Why? He's saying that always in every prayer, making requests for you with joy for your fellowship in the gospel. Fellowship here is a big word that Paul uses. He's saying that the amplified expansion is to let us know that for their cooperation, for their uh, uh, contribution, and 
for their support to Paul's ministry. So they fellowship with Paul in the gospel. When God gives you a man of God, he expects that you fellowship with him within the gospel. And this church of Philippi, fellowship with Paul, not just talking in fellowship, but fellowshipping in the gospel, meaning that they became partners with Paul in the spreading of the gospel. And God needs you to become a partner with a man of God for him to spread the gospel. God needs you to be a partner with your pastor to spread the gospel. And this is what the church of Philippi did. And he said, look at it. He said, from the first day until now, remember Paul was on a missionary journey, he went to Macedonia. And when Paul planted this church, these are people who had never believed in Jesus. And the first day they heard Paul and believed in Jesus and stayed in Paul's ministry, they stayed there from the first day until now. And they were part of Paul's ministry from the first day. They stayed in and they stayed in even to the time Paul was writing this epistle. And God wants you to stay with a man of God and partner and fellowship and contribute and cooperate with him so that there can be an ex uh, expansion of the kingdom of God and the gospel to every part of the world. Glory to Jesus. He said, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. Which good work did they begin? By cooperating with Paul, supporting Paul, contributing to his ministry. And this, he said, from the first day that you headed on to now, then Paul said that, I am sure, I'm confident that the God who has begun a good work, the good work was of contributing, the good work of supporting, the good work of cooperating with me from the first day until now. He said that, I know that this very God will help you to complete this thing before Jesus comes, until the day Jesus comes. Glory to God. Not only does a man of God need cooperation in finances, he needs to be cooperated with. You need to stand with him, you need to support him emotionally, stand with him physically, so that he can stand and, and, and minister. And that is what this church gave Paul. They gave emotional support, they supported him with money, they supported Paul in every area. Remember, Paul was writing this in prison, and he said that Paul sits down and remember the church of Philippi. In prayer, he prayed for them in joy. Can the man of God remember you in joy for your contribution and for your fellowship? in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse 7, just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, it's a love letter, say I have you in my heart, in as much as both of in my chains and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. Say I have you in my heart, even when I'm in prison, I still have you in my heart, for the defense of the gospel and confirmation of the gospel. You are all partakers with me of grace. KJV says you are partakers of my grace. Look, when you participate with a man of God, cooperate for the work that God has called him to do. When you cooperate with him and he's able to finish that work, you become partakers of that grace, meaning that the grace that the Lord Jesus has given him for him to, to finish that work, you are a partaker. Any crown that he will get in heaven, you will get it also. If you came to sweep church, you came to arrange church, you came to put in camera, you came to sing in the choir, you came to usher, you came to pack cars, anything you came to do, you contributed to the work of God. You have become a partaker of the grace. 
we are all going to receive crowns in heaven the grace that God has given because that man of God alone cannot pack the car cannot come and preach cannot sing cannot do he can do it alone and that is why every anyone that is supporting in any area not just financially any area of the ministry God holds those people very high in, in esteem glory to God and Paul make them to understand that if this is what you're doing keep doing it because you are partakers with me of grace King James said, you are partakers of my grace. Meaning that the grace that was upon Apostle Paul to send the gospel to the Gentiles, that same grace will come upon them. And at the end, in the eternal judgment, when rewards are given, they will receive rewards as of what Apostle Paul has also received in that gospel. So when we are in church and we are working, let's work with understanding that whatever we are doing, God is going to reward us both here and in the age to come. So you become a partaker of the grace on the man of God. Now the assignment that God has given me in the Macarius Avenue, as many people that are rallying behind me and standing with me, making sure that things are okay with me, making sure that I stand, making sure that the gospel is moving by giving, by standing with me emotionally, giving me physical support and all that, you become partakers of the grace with me. And when things begin to enlarge, you see yourself enlarging as well. So you receive both in this age and in the age to come. Glory to God. I like this book of encouragement. Then he said, For God is my witness, verse 8, how greatly I long for you and all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. KJV says, in knowledge and in all judgment. He says that Paul said that, hey, I, I love to come see you. That's a church that he loves. He said, I love to come and see you because of you guys. Then he's encouraging them that don't stop loving. Let your love keep abounding. He said, for God is my witness. He said, how greatly I long for you with all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound still more. Not just abounding but in the knowledge and in all discernment it's a growing love but let your love grow in discernment and in knowledge glory to god that you may approve the things that are excellent that you may be sincere without offense till the day of jesus christ he's saying that i want your love to grow more and more and abound because you have to approve everything that is excellent excellent that you may be sincere you want you to approve excellent things things that are not of excellence you pull away from and we, we have we, i said in one of my excellent comments that excellence comes from god so when god is in it then it's excellent excellence is not just nice things she's trying to tell you that approve the things that are of, of the god class in the in the realm of god then he said that so that there will be no offense to the day of jesus christ he said that because people get offended in the church so he said i pray that your love will abound because when there is love you don't get offended if you got offended then you are not walking in love but if you are walking in love you will not be offended you say they disgrace me you say no nobody disgrace me he said you didn't you say me no i was just working for jesus Hallelujah. So Paul is Paul wants the church to be together. He said, don't make sure, make sure that there is no offense 
to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a prayer I pray for you, that you will not be offended in church because of something little. And you stay and do what God has called you to do to the day of Jesus. Then he said, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Now the fruits of righteousness, he talks about it, he talks about our giving, our giving. In first, uh, I think the book of Corinthians talks about it, that you, you may increase in your fruits of righteousness. Now the fruits, fruits of righteousness means that the righteousness of your givings, these are your act of giving, your act of giving in the church. It's called the fruits of righteousness. Now there is a fruit of righteousness which James talks about, which he talks about that the peaceable fruit of righteousness, the fruit of the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Where one is just fruit, it means that the guy who walks in righteousness, he bears the, the, the fruit of peace, his confidence in himself, that no matter what happens, when Jesus shows up, he is going to go to heaven. Why? It is not of his own righteousness, by the righteousness of God. But this one is talking about the givings, those who are contributing, those who are giving to the work of the ministry. He's saying that, that you, may, you may be filled with the fruits of righteousness. I pray that you don't stop giving. You'll be filled with the fruits of righteousness in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Verse 12 says, But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. He's trying to encourage them, say, don't worry because I've been in prison. Don't worry because I'm in, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in chains. Don't worry at all. Why? He said that this imprisonment, this change that I have been finding, it has helped for the furtherance of the gospel, even to the whole palace guard. Now the whole palace guard understands that, ah, this poor guy, this imprisonment that he has been in prison, this thing is revealing Christ. So Paul says that, don't worry. Sometimes men of God can go into trouble and can fall into trouble, they can be accused, they can be, a whole lot of things can happen to them. And sometimes we feel like, ah, why should this happen to the man of God? But God, if that man of God, whatever they are saying is not true and it's just as accusation, God will use it for the fairness of the gospel. Glory to God. So a man of God is not, is not, is, doesn't lose in that sense. People will accuse us. People say many bad things about us, but that is beautiful. It is for the fairness of the gospel. So Paul is saying that, don't be worried that I'm in prison. Look at the man, he's in prison and he's happy. <laughs> because to him, this is feathering the gospel. So men of God will be accused, you can, your favorite man of God, a man of God you admire, people can say things and mock at him and make him look foolish and all that. Hey, it will be for the feathering of the gospel. Glory to God. Then he said, even verse 14, he said, most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident of my change, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. He said that now, because people see him in the chains and he's still bold about the Lord Jesus Christ, he's not perturbed about imprisonment. He said, it has made the other brethren even bold to preach the gospel without fear, saying that if we are in prison, we don't mind. Hallelujah. So when we go through trouble, people accuse us. And the more they accuse us, the more we flourish in Christ. The more they say bad things about us, the more the blessings of God increase us. It gives you to boldness that people can say whatever 
that we will still be bold in the preaching of the gospel. Glory to God. Verse 15, then he said, Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. <laughs> At first when I read this thing, I'm like, oh, why would somebody envy another pastor? But being a pastor for some few now, I know that sometimes it happens. People can envy a man of God. They don't understand why the man of God is being blessed. And they'll preach against that man of God intent thinking that they are they are helping me and for people try to do things on social media they do social media trolls on us they mock us they they make us feel mocked but it's good paul said that as long as they are not mentioned this is the understanding of paul he said some indeed preach christ even from envy and strife and some also from goodwill the former preach christ from selfish ambition not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains. Paul is in chains and people are preaching against him. They didn't even look that, oh, this guy is in prison. But he's in prison and they are preaching against Paul. And Paul said, I don't mind. <laughs> Glory to God. What a man. These days, that is, not, that is what they do. When a man of God goes through trouble, people demonize his trouble. They are happy that a man of God goes through trouble. And these are the same people that are also preaching. And they tell you that they have gotten new truth. And your new truth is to preach against another man of God. If you're new truth, we add from truth to truth. So the truth you have should be an add-on, not against. Even if you are corrected, it should be an add-on, not against, because we are all one body. But Paul said, hey, some people preach this thing of goodwill. Some people also, because of selfishness and their own ambitions, want to be known, want people to feel like they are better than this one. They preach it against us. But Paul said that, hey, he doesn't mind. Look at it. He said, The former preached Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chain, but the latter out of love, knowing that I'm appointed for the defense of the gospel. Paul said that even if I'm wrong in your preaching, just knowing that I'm not against the gospel, but I'm a rather for Christ. They preach in love toward me. They don't preach against me. So he said, They preach because I'm part of those who are defending the gospel. He said, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And this I rejoice. Yes, I rejoice. <laughs> the guy is in preaching. He heard that brother so and so is preaching against him. Did he, he asked the question, did he mention Satan? They said, no. Did he preach Satan? What did he preach? He mentioned Christ. He said, glory to God. As long as Christ, even if they are preaching against me and Christ is mentioned, it is good. Why? Paul understood that I must, I must decrease and he must decrease. And sometimes when people come against us, they think they are coming against us. But whatever way, possible, whether in pretense or in love or whatever, Christ is still being preached. Glory to God. So people make mockery of us, try to write things against us, try to make them look better, that they have more understanding the Bible than anybody. No problem. It's Christ being preached. As long as Christ is being preached, Paul said, we shouldn't be moved, we shouldn't be perturbed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He said, in this I rejoice. Look at Paul, he's in prison. And he hears these stories. I said, in this I rejoice. Yes, more I rejoice. Ah, glory to God. And I think I'm learning from Apostle Paul. Sometimes I hear this person say this, this person say this. Then I get like, why should the person say this? But this scripture right here is encouraging me. If Apostle Paul went through it, we will go through it. If Jesus went through it, we will go through it. If Peter went through it, every true man of God will never be without tongue work. 
people will speak against him. People will say things. Why? If people will criticize what they don't understand. People want the man of God to do things the way they think that he ought to do. But our boss is Jesus, not any other man. If you don't understand it, you ask the appropriate questions. If not, you think you have a revelation, build on what we have laid. Don't criticize us. Don't make us look bad. But possibly if you make us look bad, as long as I'm preaching Christ, he said, yes, in this, we rejoice more and more. Nothing moves Paul. I think that is what Smith Wigglesworth said. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm only moved by the word of God. Child of God, don't be moved by what you see. Don't be moved by the talkings of people around you. Just be moved by the word of God. Glory to God. Verse 19, he said, For this that, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. He said that all this thing that these people are doing, do I rejoice more and more? It will turn around for my deliverance. Why? Paul is the one that told us that all things work together for our good. Sometimes truth takes time to come out. People can lie against us. They say many things about good. Paul said, whatever they are doing, as long as he's in consistently in the will of God, he said that it will turn out for our deliverance. And if it's turning out for the deliverance of Paul, if you are uh, a child of God, people try to do things against you. Don't worry. Don't attack them. Leave them. Paul said that it will work together for your good. And now Paul is saying that by your prayer, it means that the church needs to pray for their man of God. When they see people talking rumors, they, are, they don't have to leave it because rumor can destroy a church. Tongue work can destroy a church. But he said that by your prayer and the supply, of the spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I might I shall be ashamed. He said, when you pray for that man of God, when you pray for your pastor, that in the times of rumors, in the times of trouble, in the times when people gank up against him, knowingly and unknowingly, he said, that when you pray, he said that in nothing he shall be ashamed but that with all boldness as always so now also christ may be magnified in my body whether by life or by death so paul said even if they, they do all that and i die pray keep praying that even by death the ministry will still be expanded even by life the edge to be expanded will never be put to shame glory to god when you stand he's still talking about you standing with the man of god so he's Paul. this church stood with him and said by your supply of prayer and by your supply of the spirit he said that then in nothing I shall be ashamed. Glory to God. You see that the importance of church members and people that love a man of God to stand and rally behind him. Today, when you, when you stand by a man of God, they'll tell you that you are, uh, you are doing blind loyalty. That's the idea of the devil because they don't want you to stand. Because when the man stands, you stand. There's nothing like blind loyalty. You people can be loyal blindly. But there is nothing wrong in standing by your man of God. If he's wrong, you find a way, you let him know he's wrong and still stand by him till he stands. George Mueller had people who stood by him till he stood. There are men of God who have gone astray, but their church members stood by them, prayed and stood by them, prayed. Today they are standing as great men of God. Hallelujah. Don't desert a pastor in a time of trouble. Don't desert him because he needs your prayer. And he said that in nothing he shall be ashamed. In nothing. Many men of God fail. Many men of God fail. Sadly. 
because the people God sent me to them never stood by them. They walked a lonely life. You have been encouraged to stand by your man of God. If he falls, you stand. A man of God that falls, that doesn't want to accept his that he has fallen. He has fallen. That's the problem. But the man of God is sincere and say, This is this is what this is wrong. And you stand by him, he will repent and stand. And you see the gospel still being preached. Though that the Bible says, in nothing he should be ashamed. We don't want him to go to shame. Glory to God. Then he said, with then verse 21, he said, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in this flesh, this I will mean f- this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I sh- what shall I choose? I cannot tell. He said, For me to live in Christ and to die is gain. When Paul dies, he gains. When a man of God dies, he doesn't lose. When he dies, he gains. But you want to stand with the man of God so that every grace that God has, he has to fulfill his ministry before he dies. Hallelujah. So that is what Paul is saying. He said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this will mean fruitful. It means that when he's alive, it means that more fruit for his labor. More fruit for his labor. From verse 23, for I am hard pressed between two. Having a desire to depart to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful. <laughs> it's more needful for you. He said, Paul said, when I stay, it's because of you that's what I'm actually staying. I'm staying because God has given me the grace to teach you and to open your eye unto the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, when God gives you a man of God, the Bible says that men of God are gifts. They are gifts that God gives to certain parts of the body. He gave some to be pastors, prophets, teachers, apostles, evangelists. And when God gives you a gift, he expects you to nurture the gift. He expects you to hold the gift in high esteem. And Paul said, when I stay, it will be together for your good. But when I depart, to me, I gain more. Why? He's going to be with the Lord. Which is far much more better than being in this trouble world. So you pray for your man of God, that God will let him stay to finish his work and both you together with him, he will complete that work. Glory to God. Then verse 25 says, Being confident of this, I know that all that I shall remain and continue. Now he's saying that, don't worry, I will remain. Look at Paul, very good writer. He's saying that, from, it better I stay. Should I stay or should I? Don't worry, I will stay. Then he says, it's better for me to stay. Because Paul was ending almost his ministry. Then he says, it's better for me. And, said, and being confident of this, I know that I shall remain in, and continue with you for your progress and, for, and the joy of your faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. He said, I won't die in prison. I'll come to you again. I'll come, you'll see me again. Glory to God. And he will impart unto them. Even in prison, he was able to write them such a beautiful letter. What will Paul teach? What grace will he bring when they meet him face to face? Hallelujah. He said, don't worry. I won't die in prison. I won't die here. I'm coming. you see me face to face so that your rejoicing will be more and more. Glory to God. Verse 27. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now he's ending his letter. He's telling the church, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I told you it's a book of encouragement. By the time we finish the chapters, you understand. So chapter one is telling them, chapter one, Paul is talking about himself and his ministry to the people. 
and how they have supported him and the, the thanksgiving that is coming from him and yet admonishing them. So he's finishing with an admonishing that he said, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. It means that don't misbehave anywhere. Don't fight in time. Don't do crazy things. Let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you have received the gospel of Jesus Christ, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that whether I come and see you or I am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. He's telling the whole church. So when you're in a local church, this is what you mean. Your pastor, the, the man of God, even the Lord Jesus, wants you guys to be in one spirit with one mind then he said striving together for the faith of the gospel so we got to be in one mind one spirit said that whether the pastor is present or absent Paul is saying whether I'm absent or present even if I die continue 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 be in one mind be in one spirit there are churches when the head pastor is not there nobody they don't come to church but you are not there because of the head pastor you are there because of Jesus. Though he's the one that God is using him at that moment. So when the head pastor travels, still gather together. When he's no more, still gather together. He said, in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. 28. And not in any way terrified by your adversaries. He's trying to tell that don't be afraid of the adversaries. Don't be afraid. And the adversary is not only talking about the demons. He's talking about human beings that have become enemies of the gospel. So don't be, don't be worried about adversaries. Even Christians who have become enemies of the church of Philippi because of Apostle Paul. Do you know somebody can hate you because of your pastor? Because they don't like your pastor. They don't like your man of God. So they expect that you don't also like him. They have an issue with him personally. Then they want to pass the issues they have with him to everybody else. That's how people can convince, oh, leave this person. Paul is saying that don't be worried about adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition. Perdition. But to you of salvation and that from God. See, don't be worried about adversaries. Don't be worried about those who try to preach against us, those who try to uh, destroy the gospel, that, the work that Paul is doing. So don't be worried about them. To them it is perdition, but to you it's for salvation. Glory to God. Then, and from that, then, verse 29, for you, it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here is in me. Glory to God. Verse 29, I'm reading again. For you, it has been granted on behalf of Christ, that not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. So not only are you supposed to believe in Jesus, but you're also supposed to suffer for his sake. And when we suffer for the gospel, sometimes people mock us. People say, oh, you should go and get a job. You should try and do this. Oh, you should do this. But if we suffer for the sake of the gospel, there is nothing wrong with it. Because Jesus Christ didn't come to promise us Ferraris and a house on the Beverly Hills. What he came to promise us was life eternal. Glory to Jesus. And if you have that life, that is why he said, Godliness with contentment is grace gain. Paul is finishing his letter. He said, Don't only believe in Jesus, but try 
and suffer with him as well. And when we suffer for the sake of the gospel, not because we, for the sake of our own wrongdoings, not because of our, uh, uh, our own foolish mistakes, our own financial mistakes, those ones we are not suffering for the gospel. But when we suffer for the sake of the gospel, maybe when we preach somewhere, you came home, things have affected your family, you are suffering for the gospel. Maybe you gave money for the work of the music sacrificially, and now things are not going the way you have suffered for the gospel. He said, don't only believe in him, but you should be ready to suffer with him. He said, having the same conflict which you saw in me. So you have seen some troubles in me. Be assured that you're also going to be having those same conflict. And now, here is in me. Paul concludes his letter really very beautifully. And this whole chapter one, Paul talks a little bit about his ministry to the church of Philippi and how they have supported him and his thanks given to them. And he ends by admonishing them. I know you have learned a lot from this. You should go back and read chapter one all by yourself over and over and over again. And when you are in church, you understand why you need to support your man of God that God has called you for. Don't criticize him. Don't throw stones at him. He's human, help him to stand. And when he stands, it's for all of us our good and we become partakers of his grace. Glory to God, hallelujah. Hope you've been blessed by this episode. Next week, you should stay tuned. I'm going to uh, continue with chapter two. And I know chapter two is a buildup of chapter one. By the time we get to chapter four, we will know why Paul really loved the church of Philippi. And I pray that you'll be a church or a people that will be loved by the Lord Jesus Christ and by the shepherd that God has given you. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you. I pray that you'll be in a good church. I pray that you stay with the man of God that God has called you. I pray that the devil will not use you to criticize his work, but will use you to even build upon what God has called him to do. The Lord bless you and keep you. May your weekend be blessed. May your family be blessed. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.